You're listening to Straight Talk, No Chaser. Welcome to Straight Talk, No Chaser. I'm your host, Dr. James, and I'm here in the studio with my partner in crime, the method behind all this madness, the guy who puts tech in technical, the Phoenix. Hey, Mr. Phoenix, hope you're doing well today, and uh, we're excited. We're going to have uh, Larry Griffin in the studio with us again, and another episode and uh, talking about the Rhonda Henson, Henson case, uh, the, the, the killing of Rhonda Henson. And, of course, if you're not familiar with the case, Rhonda Henson was a young lady, uh, 19 years of age, who was killed December 23rd, uh, 1981, in the Hickory area. And uh, Larry Griffin has been the investigative reporter going back through uh, we're at 29, 30 episodes now about this case and been asking a lot of questions. And I appreciate Larry joining us again in the studio. And today uh, we want to talk about The Boyfriend. And I guess that would be the title for the segment today, The Boyfriend. And, of course, we're talking about uh, um, Greg McDowell. Uh, Larry, good to have you, but let me ask this. Last segment we were talking, and you mentioned that Rhonda got a job at Hickory Steel and that Betty McDowell was the one uh, who got her the job. And so my question here, first question, two-part, who's Betty McDowell, and how does she play into Rhonda's story? Yeah, I, I was hit and miss with that. Betty McDowell was the wife of Charles McDowell. Now, Betty and Charles McDowell both were pastors of Wilkie's Grove Baptist Church. Though the, the address says Hickory, it's more like Hildebrand. Well, what does that mean? It means it's sort of on the nexus of Burke County and Catawba County there. Um, and uh, the McDowells had two children. One was an older daughter named Charlene. And then Greg was the younger of the two children. Now, Greg McDowell being, uh, went to Eastbrook High School with Rhonda uh, and apparently was there from his sophomore year, as I've learned most recently, all the way through to his senior year. Greg um, was kind of a tall guy, lanky guy, athletic in nature, probably his... His biggest accomplishment would have been in the area of, of baseball. Most people who knew Greg uh, would comment on his athletic prowess, particularly in, in baseball. But a lot of people would also comment uh, about him in, in other ways. They said that he seemed to be a, a little standoffish. One of his friends said he always carried himself like he was a little better than everybody else. Uh, most people describe him even people who knew him very well, people who didn't know him very well, as being fairly quiet in nature. No one would dispute the fact, however, that he was very intellectual in nature. Uh, he had more of an engineering mind, which probably accounts for the fact that when he went to North Carolina State University, he entered the engineering program, and why Greg is still, this very day, an electrical engineer. Has his own business, in fact, in that regard. Uh, he... Uh, he and Rhonda started dating somewhere around their junior 
year, the earlier part of the junior year. No one knows exactly when, but it had to be at the beginning of the junior year. As I said in the last segment, I believe, she had a couple guys that she dated prior to that, but something about Greg caught her eye. Um, you know, people who knew her, like Jill, as, as well as Christina Harden, her, her cousins would say that she thought Greg was, she thought he was cute, she thought he was good looking. I don't know exactly what else attracted her other than the fact that he tended to be a little bit of the antithesis of what she was. I know in, in a couple of her comments, or, uh, she said, she told her mom that, uh, you know, I, I can help him with the social stuff. <laughs> she said, I can help him with the social stuff, but he helps me with math. Well, and as you said before, she's the all-American girl. Right. So, so she was everybody's sweetheart, so to speak. That's right. And so she could sort of help to insinuate him in social situations, but he certainly rescued her on more than one occasion, I think, in mathematics. And he even referenced that in a letter or two that he wrote. When uh, Greg first started dating Rhonda, I think, number one, she doted on the attention. I think he really wanted to be, uh, you know, her, her one and only, and he showered her with all kinds of attention and gifts and cards and little letters and little notes and things that, you know, typically teenagers will do when, when they're courting each other. Uh, so I think Greg was something of a romantic in that, that regard. And her mother even said, and I tend to concur, that she probably appreciated all that attention, that somebody cared enough for her to do all of that. And I think the first year that they dated, uh, that tended to be her disposition. Uh, Rhonda was a, you know, a, a one-guy kind of girl. I mean, she wasn't going to be dating around. Uh, if she committed herself, then she was going to continue to date that person. And so that first year, I think it, it was uh, pretty much their honeymoon year. I think in the second year, things got began to, to uh, disintegrate just a little bit. Greg's uh, showering attention tended to become more, uh, more of an aggressive nature. Uh, he became a little more possessive. He paid attention to the people that she spoke with, and particularly any guys that she spoke with, and frequently would, would, would comment, in fact. Uh, even her friends, one of her friends that I interviewed, their mutual friends and acquaintances that I interviewed recently indicated that, uh, you know, after a while it became very noticeable that Rhonda started changing. Rather than being this ebullient, outgoing individual that she tended to be, uh, for the most part, she began to not, she began to cease talking to her, some of her friends and acquaintances because Greg would get jealous, particularly if she paid any attention to males. And so their relationship started out uh, as you know, sunshine, roses, and lollipops and began to disintegrate. Even in some of his cards and letters, even the tenor of those changed a little bit from uh, more whimsical in nature and I love you in nature to where the, the I love yous began to be more frequent, more aggressive in nature, which sort of translated to a lot of people watching their actions as being possessive well uh, let me ask this did it to develop into a more physical as far as uh, not just um socially she withdrawn do you believe there was some physical aspects uh, maybe even physical and mental abuse in this relationship i think she began to feel some of the mental abuse and some of the some of the restrictions that he was placing on her behavior um, 
and some of the comments that he was making. His letters would suggest to her, uh, even particularly one of them, that started becoming a little physical in nature because he apologized in one uh, for pushing and shoving her. I'm sorry I did that, but I was angry. He said, you know, I'm a jealous man. And, uh, you know, when I read the part, he said, someone said, I, I look forward to, you know, uh, working with you this summer. Uh, he became uh, irate at that point, and apparently fresh out of that frustration, he, he did push and shove her. And the only little missive that I ever f I have found in any of their correspondence that Rhonda actually wrote back to him, uh, the wording of that particular note indicated that he had done something at that point uh, that hurt her tooth, hurt her jaw, which would recommend a suspicion that he likely slapped her or hit her in some fashion. And again, people who began to notice some changes in her behavior began to attribute it back to the fact that she was afraid that Greg would become you know, so jealous that she avoided talking to some of the people with whom she had spoken freely uh, heretofore. So she began to ostracize some of her friends or either even male counterparts in school and all because of the relationship with Greg. Yes, and, and she would distance herself. And I think there are times that she didn't tell Greg certain things because she was afraid of his reaction. Now, there was in, in December of 1981 when uh, a Christmas party that uh, was held uh, by Hickory Steel at the local American Legion hut, uh, she did not invite Greg to go with her. Now, that's been some source of you know controversy as to why. Some people said, well, maybe she was meeting somebody else there. Well, I don't think that was the case at all. There's no evidence to support that in the, in the file. What it does suggest is that she was, a, and she told her mom, because her mom recounted this to me, that, Mom, I don't want to ask Greg to go with me because if I talk to anyone, then it's going to basically be on. I'm, it's going to be another inquisition, so on and so forth. Now, Greg could have still gone to the party, largely because his mom, Betty McDowell, worked at Hickory Still, as I said in the last episode. Uh, she sort of credited herself, or more specifically, Charles credited his wife with getting— Yes, Charles, Greg. the father, yes. credited uh, his wife with getting Rhonda the job. Rhonda always felt like that even though Greg had gone away to college, she was, she was still being monitored by Betty. She would tell her, she would tell her mom, all of a sudden she would, be, she would look up and Betty was looking over her shoulder, monitoring what she was doing, uh, paying attention to the people with whom she spoke and, and talked, and certainly if there was any mail around. She, kept, she felt as if she was being monitored even by Greg's mother when he was away for college. And, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but is <clears> it <throat> safe to assume she felt trapped at this point? With, with Betty looking over her shoulder and, and not being able to really um, socialize as she had previously? I think the documentation that I've seen would certainly recommend a suspicion that, that she felt that the monitoring was becoming a bit overbearing, and I believe as a result of that, uh, in her attitude and things that her mom uh, and dad have told me across this last year, she began to pull away a little bit from Greg. And I think he began to notice that, in fact. Yeah. Now, I want to back up just a minute. And, and this is kind of off subject, but, but it's something that, that I'm interested in, uh, in being part of these articles, reading these articles. We know Greg McDowell was a pastor's son. That's correct. Okay. Um, how 
as far as with Rhonda? Did they go to church together? In other words, religion. Did it play into this case at all, the, the religion aspect there? I think she went to church with him periodically. Um, uh, the Hensons really did not have what most people would term a church home uh, that they attended on any kind of regular basis. I mean, they're good, solid, wonderful people, but at the same time, they just never felt the need to go to church on a regular basis. Of course, dating the pastor's son, uh, she went to she went to church pretty much to appease Greg more than anything else. And so there were a number of occasions when she she would go to church with him. They would even go out to lunch afterwards with the the family, uh, and. You know, mom talked about that and describing some of the situations uh, that she confronted there. But I, I think that it's safe to say that at this juncture, Rhonda began to feel a little bit more the pressure, feeling as if this attention was not just nice to have that attention, but it became more stifling in nature and certainly put a, a, a cramp in the way that she had a tendency to conduct herself away from Greg. Well, and what you're describing to me, and one of the reasons I asked the question, because not only is it at school, uh, not only is it after she graduated at the job, um, if she went to church with him, it's in that area as well. And so pretty much she was isolated in every avenue of her life at this point. Yeah, and I, I think she felt that more keenly that second year and certainly uh, in his absence when he went to college, it, I think the fact that uh, his mother was always, always seemed to be there, uh, it brought her situation to specific relief at that point that I'm really being stifled. And uh, it began to play on her. And I will say this, that no one ever described Rhonda as being flirtatious. That's, a, that's an important thing to note. That even when Greg was out of town, she was still Greg's girlfriend. Uh, a lot of people think that she may have had some other relationships and so on and so forth. Well, they're welcome to their opinions, but the documentation just simply will not support that. Simply that's rumors. That There's much, no facts much. to substantiate pretty that. Pretty much. No one's ever come okay. forward and said, I had a relationship with Ron Henson while Greg was there. Now, on the contrary with Greg, Greg actually told one of their acquaintances that uh, he and Rhonda had broken up and he was actually dating somebody else. Interesting. Although Greg and Rhonda were still dating each other when he told her that. This is prior to the time that she was killed. Yeah, he said, I'm actually dating somebody else now. Now, Rhonda, as far as I know, I can't find anyone who suggests that she was dating around while Greg was away. She still maintained friendships with with guys as well as the the, girl, the female friends that she had, but... At the same time, she wasn't really seeing anybody outside. The rumors persisted that she was. In her mind, when he's off to college, they're still in a relationship. Exactly. Okay. Even though he has said, I'm dating somebody else. That's correct. And she honored that relationship, I think, even when he wasn't looking. All right. Now, one last question. I know we're running short on time, but one last question. It may be a leading question. Uh, if you just want to, you know, touch on it, and then we'll save it for another time if you want to expound upon it. But let me ask this. In reading the articles, my understanding there was more than one McDowell man in Rhonda's life. And so let me ask you about the McDowell men, if you don't mind. Well, that that's, a, that's certainly a, a longer story for another segment, I believe. But I will say this, that... Uh, 
there came a time when Charles McDowell was more of a factor, and I would simply say a negative factor in her life. I think initially, uh, according to what documentation I've seen, Rhonda tended to like the Reverend Charles McDowell a lot. Um, and uh, probably related better to him, maybe to even in, in, in Greg's mother, Betty. But all of a sudden something happened or some things happened that began to change her perspective of Pastor McDowell uh, to the point that uh, she began to feel threatened by that relationship and interaction. Goodness. All I can say is the plot thickens in the Rhonda Henson case. Hey, look, we're, we've come to the end of another broadcast. Uh, again, once again, I want to thank Larry Griffin uh, for joining us today to answer our questions. And what an in, intriguing, what an intriguing investigation this has become. And so many are following it. And uh, you and I were talking uh, prior to beginning this podcast. We got what six seven thousand different hits in facebook and i mean it's just becoming a phenomenon and and we're hoping it leads to a to a decisive conclusion Uh, we're not going to give any spoilers give that away uh, but we're looking for justice to come out of this uh, for the Rhonda henson family Uh, and i want to say again larry thank you for your work thank you for your time that you've involved and and let me state this for our audience he is not being paid he's not a paid investigator this is all voluntary he's just simply trying to find justice for the family and so we appreciate him joining us today larry if anyone wants to to catch up on the articles or or the facebook page will you take just a minute and share where they can get that information from certainly they can go to the ronda henson facebook page which is called remembering ronda henson like the page and just scroll down to the very first article there'll be uh they're there in order so you may have to scroll through some other posts as well of course to get there but they're there you can also go to the record of Wilkes website. It's called the Record in Thursday Printing. Uh, hit the website. It will take you to the front page. You can read the current article that's there, but then you can go to their archives and find every last article that uh, I've written uh, starting back in, I guess they started back the last part of March. So uh, I would suggest that you go to both places. You can also contact the record office and the publisher indicated that anybody that would be interested in the complete series, he would be willing to run copies of them because some of the newspapers are sold out. Right. So you couldn't get hard copies, but he's willing to provide hard copies for anybody who would, who would ask. And he'd, he'd uh, simply ask for an address and he would be glad to mail them. Excellent. Excellent. Again, this podcast... Um, straight talk no chaser if you have any questions comments anything you'd like to share you can email us straight talk no chaser 2019 at gmail.com we welcome them uh, whether you agree with us or disagree does not matter Um, that's the reason for this podcast straight talk we want to get straight to the facts and we're not going to water anything down so whether you agree or not with our broadcast our segments our podcast please email those in straight talk no chaser 2019 at gmail.com and uh, we want to hear from you till next time this is dr james and mr phoenix saying the only talk should be straight talk